Welcome to the thrivingat60.com podcast, the number one motivational show on the planet. No more sour days for you. It's time to make lemons and a lemonade every day. This is a podcast where we help you thrive, not just survive. We help you accept who you are, not where you are, by discovering and inquiring into how to turn lemons into lemonade. Are you ready for the roller coaster ride of a lifetime? Tired of feeling let down? Tired of the lemons life keeps handing you? We can help you make every day a lemonade day. It's time to put those lemons in a blender. Let's go on an amazing and exciting, unpredictable journey of discovery. We know champions sit in the front seat, so make sure your seatbelt is fast and tight. One, two, three, let's go. When you have an attitude of gratitude, people just want to hang with you. Introducing the woman who believes ordinary stands for extraordinary, the host of Thriving at 60, Wendy B. Welcome to Thriving at 60. And I have a guest tonight, and we're going to be speaking on anticipatory grief. And I have therapist Christine Lake. And usually you lately you've been hearing the Facebook Lives getting unstuck. But this time we're just speaking from the podcast. And I, you know, I was thinking that, you know, once we're 60, a lot of different things start happening and with COVID-19 and whatnot. So when I was talking to my sister, we did a Facebook Live on anticipatory grief. I thought she could speak on this podcast. And before I do that, I'm just going to let you know that uh, who I am is an author and a speaker. And I'm a best-selling author of a book called Getting Unstuck, 30 Ways to Turn Your Limiting Barriers into Clarity, Freedom, and Power. And you can get that book on Amazon, paperback and digital. And if you just want digital, it, you can get it on Tolino, Kobo, Apple, Barnes & Noble, Overdrive, and 24 Symbols. So I'm going to let Christine speak on anticipatory grief. And most of the time she'll be doing the speaking, and once in a while I will. Thank you for coming. So anticipatory grief is something that's often not discussed. And what the definition of anticipatory grief is, is it's a reaction that occurs uh, before an impending loss. Typically, the impending loss is the death of someone due to an illness, but it can also be experienced by the dying individual themselves. Or, you know, it's the impending loss of maybe a, a, a big job in your career or your home, but usually it's anticipatory grief is about the upcoming loss of someone maybe due to Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or MS, or it could be a cancer diagnosis. So the difference between anticipatory grief and actual grief, there is a difference and often anticipatory grief isn't discussed, people are not aware of it. What is that? And normally in our society, we don't talk about our feelings. And so, you know, anticipatory grief, it's not often discussed. So people find it socially unacceptable to talk about. And it's a deep pain. And so they fail to receive the support that they need. Did you have any questions about that, Wendy? Uh, not really. I, I just had never heard of, I, I've heard of grief, but I never heard of anticipatory grief. And then when you mentioned about, is it Alzheimer's or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what mom has, right? Mm -hmm. uh, our mother has. And, oh, and I forgot to introduce that, that 
Christine Lake, the therapist, is my older sister. Mm. <laughs> we have a, a mother with dementia, and she sometimes gets angry at Christine or myself or whatever. And, you know, that's just part of that grief, right? That what we're mm -hmm. dealing with. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't really have any questions yet, but uh, what I'd like you to do is to maybe give some stages of, mm -hmm. so that the audience can understand. And, mm -hmm. you know, if we want to stay healthy and thrive, we need, we need to understand stuff and share with others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And, and so the first things I'll say is that not everyone has anticipatory grief and it's not good or bad. It's not a substitute for grief later on after a person's death. And there's not an fixed amount of grief and no one can, pre can prepare for the actual death of someone. But anticipatory grief starts, you know, is a start of a, of, of a later grieving process. And it can provide opportunities for closures that someone wouldn't have when someone died of sudden death. So it can open up conversations that you might never have had before, and those are around the closure, being able to talk about those things that are ultimately so important. And it's based on the acceptance of your feelings, on your loved one's feelings, without any negative judgments, so that your feelings and their feelings can be experienced and released. And really, then you're able to listen to your own inner wisdom but some of the symptoms of anticipatory grief are similar and a little bit different than the actual grieving process. One of them is sadness and tearfulness, which is experienced by both, and it can be triggered um, easily, like maybe just by something somebody said that doesn't even seem to relate to what's going on, like you're suddenly tearful. Or it could be you're watching a commercial and you're moved to tears by it, and you're thinking, well, what the heck's going on with me? Well, you're, you're in anticipatory grief or in the grieving process depending on where you are on the other other side of grief whether you you know just lost someone or anticipatory grief was before feelings of fears you know are really common fear of if it's you that's dying of your own upcoming death and the changes that will happen or the fear of your loved one's upcoming death how are you going to deal with that what's going to happen uh, the third one be um, irritability and anger. You're going to have, be maybe even a, unaware that you're irritable and angry, and you're dealing with your own anger over your losses, or maybe uh, your anger about not being able to speak about it, or wondering how you're going to deal with this, or being angry at that person, and the fear of that anger. But not only that, yeah, all the changes that might be coming with this impending death loneliness and um, the difference between anticipatory grief and grief in loneliness is folks the research has shown that the loneliness is more intense in anticipatory grief than it is in grief and i think that's partly because it's socially unacceptable to, to express or talk about it because we don't talk about it people don't know what you're talking about and so that leads to more isolation Five is there's a desire, intense desire to talk, where you can be understood and feel listened to without judgment. If you don't have a place, safe place to do this, then there's, you're gonna withdraw socially more. Uh, you're gonna experience more emotional numbness protect, to protect the pain in your heart. I'm gonna flip a page here to make sure I'm not missing them all. 
Number six is anxiety. You're living in a heightened state of anxiety and you may not even realize it's it. And that can cause uh, physical symptoms, heart palpitations, shaking, more isolation, affect your sleep. And then seven is guilt, uh, especially if a loved one is suffering, you're feeling guilty. They sometimes call it survivor's guilt, that you're not suffering and they are. Um, example, if, if your partner gets put in a long-term care facility and you're not, there may be intense feelings, guilt around that, because you're still living at home and you have all your independences. You long for them to be free of their pain. At the same time, you fear that they may die. You may wish they were gone already so they wouldn't be suffering and then you wouldn't be suffering, but you're also afraid and feeling guilty about that, that they're gonna die. An aid is um, an intense, you may be consumed with an intense concern for the dying person. So you're really fixated on, are they hungry? Are they in pain? What are their needs? Have I got everything covered? And that's normal that you would be, you know, fixated on all of them. But in the meantime, you need to remember your self-care and try to, to focus on yourself. Because if you can't care for your loved one because you're you've become overwhelmed and you've become stressed out and then maybe your immunity system is affected and you're not well and you can't be there for your loved one and then you're going to feel even guilty more guilty about that did you want to say something about that well what i could say about that is that what i notice is that when we find safe people to share with we don't feel as guilty we don't you know if we can find other people who have experienced the same thing or can validate us we then we just realize that we're not alone, you know, because I think sometimes when we don't share, we think we're the only ones going through that and, that, and then we keep more guilt and more guilt, right? And, and then we get depressed and then we start isolating, right? Because we don't, we're, we're afraid if we express what we need to say, people are gonna judge us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And number nine is rehearsal of death. So that means like often, when you know your loved one has Alzheimer's or MS or Parkinson's or, or maybe they have another uh, illness that is going to terminate them and so you may have you know thoughts visualizing thoughts of the funeral or them dying or or what's it going to be like when they're gone and and then feel guilty about those thoughts but those are all normal thoughts that you have that everyone has when they're losing someone or has lost someone. And 10 are physical problems, and I think I kind of alluded to the um, anxiety before sleep difficulty, memory problems, because you're under so much stress. And number 11 is uh, fear of your uh, loss of your own compassion and concern for other ones, maybe your children's, maybe your other people around you because you've been so consumed with this, caring for this person that you may, you know, you've numbed out or you've become so, so focused and, and so there's a fear of that. And, and how, and also, how will I care for others? Do you have any more questions, Wendy? No, I, thi I think, you know, we've gone through, what was it, 11 mm -hmm. different things, I think. And what I do have left is, like you and I have, uh, uh, we're dealing with our mom with dementia and then uh, I'm not sure with dad we we only had a couple of weeks right of, of uh, dealing knowing that he was going to die right mm -hmm. so would we have gone through any of that maybe a little bit but you're right it did happen really really fast 
So we would have been hit with the grieving process more, m more of the symptoms of that. Okay. Um, the, just kind of in closing, what I'd like to talk about is, you know, that anticipatory grief provides an opportunity for personal growth before the end of, of, of the loved one's life um, and our own. And it's a way to find meaning and closure, to reconcile differences, to, to, to forgive and grant forgiveness. And it's a chance to have those conversations about those things as never before, and a chance to say goodbye that people don't get when there is a sudden death. And really that whole process and being supported by a therapist in that or a group is to acknowledge those feelings, to validate, be validated, and to know that feelings are, are just energy that propel us to uh, think, to be motivated, to act on things, completing things. And really, often people don't think about emotions as friends, and they're actually there to tell us things, or anger, or sadness. They're all there to tell us that something. And there's, I guess I wanna end with there's no right way to grieve. And that I know, you know, Kubler-Ross talked about the five stages of grief, and you can be at any one of these stages. You can go back and forward in the stages and sometimes feel overwhelmed by all the stages at once. There's no right way to do it. It's, it's just the way you do it. So thank you very much, Christine, for being on the show. I think this is very helpful for people. And if people want to get a hold of Christine, she doesn't have a web page, but you can get a hold of her at christine at lake.ca and let her know you heard her on Thriving at 60 or Getting Unstuck with the Facebook Live. And don't forget, you can get a complimentary uh, discovery session, my gift to you. So thank you very much, Christine. You can message me and let me know that you would like to have a conversation. You may be stopped somewhere and let's have you thrive. So this is Wendy Bergen. I will talk to you next week. And thank you for listening to my podcast and let's have you thrive. Let's have you thrive, get unstuck and thrive. Thank you for listening to thriving at 60.com with Wendy B. What did you like best about the podcast? Email Wendy B at thriving at 60.com. Keep up on the latest by subscribing to the podcast. Also, drop by the website and rate the show. Turn lemons into lemonade at thrivingat60.com.